0: Welcome to the Agree to Disagree Show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to episode 19 to the Agree to Disagree show podcast, where we have conversations focused on current events, politics, and pop culture. So happy to be back tonight, guys. Tonight's going to be a good one. I have a feeling. Uh, I'm your host, Luigi C. We, uh, as I say every every week, guys, we are streaming live on Facebook and YouTube, and after uh, this tonight's show, it will be made available in the podcast audio format, wherever you get your podcasts available on Google, Apple, and of course, Spotify. Um, guys, don't forget, before we go into uh, our introduction here of our guest, our special guest this evening, please guys support us on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Agree to Disagree Show, and sus- or subscribe to my YouTube channel or podcasts like I said, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Guys, tonight's guest is a former political advisor turned podcaster. So, uh, he's a Montrealer. I want to give a, so let's give a round, big round of applause and welcome to George Sant'Rizos. These Greek names, George. Yeah. Did, did I do it good again?
1: You, you did good. You did good. You did good. I, I did. So, sorry, it's such a burden we bring on to Quebec society with <laughs> our complicated names. <laughs> you,
0: you are a scourge on Quebec society.
1: <laughs> we apologize on behalf of all immigrants. With uh, the consonants that we have in our name,
0: <laughs> you know the only thing, the only good thing, you know, you what? Growing up as an Italian in Montreal, I could always yeah. say, you know what? No matter how much the Quebecois have problems with the Italian names, I know they're always going to have more problems with the Greek names. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It makes you feel good. You're like
0: at least I not like those <laughs> <laughs> at least I like those malakas, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: wow, George, funny. thank
0: you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Um, I, 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 as I told you, I love, I'm a big believer in reaching out and supporting each other, uh, local talent. Um, we, we had a nice long chat off air, so I'm hoping that we can reproduce this on yeah, air. It was a whole episode. Yeah, essentially yeah it was for- literally.
1: Essentially, for those listening, yeah. Luigi's like, okay, come we'll do a sound test at seven. And uh, I'm like, okay, an hour later, we're talking about everything. We're interrupting ourselves. We're gonna talk about it. We'll leave that for later. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping we could do better on air. Yeah.
1: It's gonna be so, fine. No, I, I appreciate I appreciate you reaching out, honestly. Uh it's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet uh fellow uh, creators and uh, podcasters. And uh you know, we're saying this before before going on air that you know it, it's um we're just late right coming on to yeah. this thing here in Canada just like anything I think but uh, I'm glad to see it's picking up and um, it's interesting to see the content coming out of uh, Montreal which uh, I think is just it's a, it's a huge hub right the, the it this is hype and hub Montreal and all these interesting things happening so uh, I'm glad to be here
0: it is uh, well thanks thanks again I'm, I'm really, I was honestly I'm really excited about tonight's show um, just to get your perspective on something that I'm very passionate about this politics and you're yeah. the first of 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 your kind, if if I may, if I may kind. say so. <laughs> of your kind. So you so for, <laughs> for you people on a, <laughs> on a Nick? A right, exactly. no we're not we're not gonna go there already off the bat, right? <laughs> yeah. No. So so tell us uh George a little bit about your um your background as I, I forgot to mention political advisor and I did say turn podcaster, but prior to this, uh what were you doing, and what was your role
1: uh, prior to what politics or prior to podcasting?
0: Prior to podcasting.
1: Well, look, I've I've been involved in politics since uh, since two thousand and seven. Um, I I I fell into the into the job uh, honestly by by mistake. Uh, I uh, I studied politics uh, mm-hmm. in university, but really, like I think the majority of the university students, I also had no clue what I was doing, what I wanted to do. I just happened to stumble upon poli-sci because <laughs> nothing, else, nothing else really, you know, nothing else kind of screamed out to me. So uh, my 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 goal was to get into university and then just see who, what was up and, you know, to kind of learn and to see where else I'd go. So poli-sci was the obvious choice because you know, naturally, we did what everyone else did. And that's, uh, you know, listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the easiest thing. You know, it's like science vacances. You know, yeah. so I'm going like, okay, to I'll do that. But incidentally, what happened was that um, I really enjoyed studying political science. We had some amazing professors at Concordia. And I really, really got into it. Funny thing is, though, that I knew while studying poli sci that there was no way in hell that I'd find a job. <laughs> because, <laughs> Because I wasn't involved. Right. Uh, And I mean, now when I look, you know, in retrospect, I I look at all these youngsters that are involved at the party level. And, you know, there's all these youth wings that I was oblivious to. Right. So I didn't know that these things existed. You know, I I was so disconnected. Um, So, uh, yeah. So I never got involved. I never really had any inclination uh, on uh, on anything political. So I studied poli sci. And then uh, soon after I graduated, I left. I, I lived in Greece for a while, like about a year. And then, like I said, it was it was a big mistake. It was just a huge you know, chance. One of my friends, well, it wasn't really a friend. I mean, I knew him. You know, we knew each other from from Park X, from growing up in Park X. He happened to get elected in 2007 and uh, he needed someone that was Greek to kind of get you know, the, to get started, you know, get the office up and running and everything. Uh, and he also needed someone that had close ties with the Greek community. And I was always involved in the community as well. Okay. So, uh, but I had no intention on staying here. I had to come back to vacation in 2007 from Greece. And my goal was to, you know, just live out the summer and then September or, or October. My goal was to go back to Greece. Right. Okay um and i told him uh, you know he was like i need you at the office i go uh, you know i'm not gonna be here man i'm leaving he goes yeah sure no problem no, sure, sure sure you are <laughs> you know <laughs> he goes look just help me out a little bit and then if you want to leave leave there's no there's no problem you know so and that's it i never left so i stayed there from 2007 all the way until 2018 uh that year uh, he decided not to run anymore so i decided to uh to take on that challenge and you know unfortunately we didn't get the results we wanted so we lost the election and uh, since 2018 uh you know that chapter has been closed and uh, i rediscovered that i have a life <laughs>
0: <laughs> so 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 for for those um before what what exactly is what exactly does a political advisor do
1: yeah, well, there's different levels, right? I mean, you can work at a local uh, riding level. That's where I was. I, I never, very rarely went. I, I was in Quebec City, but not so often, right? So I was mostly uh, at the, at the riding level. And then there's, you know, there, there's higher staffer positions where you work for a cabinet minister and, you know, you're you're, you're working on the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at the position where I was, essentially, it's, you know, you're, you're advising the politician, on on a variety of issues, right? On anything that that's happening that that um, that can affect your uh, electors. Uh, obviously, Parkex and Villery. There's a there's a huge ethnic base over there, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of ethnic cultures, all ethnic communities. So I was in I was in charge of them, creating links with them and uh, um, and uh, getting them involved as well politically. Uh, the writing composes two different districts park extension in villaray so uh, i was in charge of whatever was happening in park extension as well i was in charge of communications so anything that we communicated relations with media uh you know i was the link also between the relations with parliament and the government officials over there i mean there's not one specific thing i mean we weren't that many we were three or four staffers at that office and we all kind of had uh, a ton of work to do uh, and then you know you have the 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 usual representations. You know the the, the politician is not there, so you show up, uh, or you accompany the politician along. Mm-hmm. Very often. I mean that's why we're saying. I mean when you when you enter politics, you kind of lose your life. Everything takes the back seat, right? Yeah. Um, and it's the the eighty hour week schedule. The you know I mean y- you don't have a life, and especially when there's elections that come along, it's we're talking about easily eighteen hour days. You know.
0: So. So here, what what I'm 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 hoping to do a couple things with this show tonight, and having you on is, as you know, it's easy to sh- to shit on politicians. Um,
1: <laughs> it's the yeah. that, that's
0: the easy part, right? So, yeah. but I just wanted to see, like you know, ironically, the name of your 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 podcast, and we're going to discuss that a little bit more detail after the, the backstage, what happens in the back of politics, and yeah. and and I'm going to encompass that as well in something we spoke about off air because I speak about this too on my show and and try to educate a little bit because I'm like you, I studied, I didn't even tell you this. I did study, uh, a year of political sci at Concordia. And then unfortunately
1: you did the right thing. You You went in (laughs) transition.
0: Well, no, I didn't. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately my mom got sick and I never went back after she passed. So Uh, I regret that. I regret that, but that's okay. My passion is still there. Uh, I make a good living. We're we're all good, but so Um, but basically what, what, what I think what I wanted to, what I wanted to ask and from, 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 from your point of view, having seen what you've seen is, is the, you know, I talk a lot about does a politician care enough to, to vote with his heart, with his conscience and not just like you said, not on bills, not on bills or motions or laws, that just have to do with with emotional stuff like as for abortion, but, you know, fiscal policies and so on that really have an impact on us. And, and maybe you could shed a little bit of light on that, on why it's probably never going to happen and yeah. why we're so different that we are from, for example, the United States when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, we, we well, yeah, we 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 touched upon that because uh, it's also the 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 style, the the parliamentary style that we have here, right? I mean, we have a Westminster style of uh, of, uh, of uh, a parliamentary style, right? Mm-hmm. Where everything is very much controlled. There's party lines. Um, you know, we have a whip that keeps things really tight, right? I mean, uh, parliament etiquette is um, is one of the strictest actually here in Canada compared to other countries, part of the Commonwealth. I don't know why that is Uh, and you know we had that conversation off air where I much rather having a system like the US where you know either in the Senate or in the Congress the the representatives they vote based on the um, uh, the interests of their electors right and their and their state or their district Mm -hmm. and we spoke about that I mean it happens so often in the US where Democrats will vote uh, along with republicans or vice versa whereas here not so much i mean there are bills that are passed unanimously sometimes so which is fine um because that's the other th- th- there's a beautiful part about our system where and this unfortunately people don't get to see it because we're so fixated on that question period that one hour of chaos right yeah that's what passes in the news that's what passes on the radio that's what goes on the TV everyone knows what's happening on question period but Aside from the question period, you have all these parliamentary committees that happen. And that's where all these bills are being um, uh, looked at article by article. And I mean, I don't know Ottawa, but provincially in Quebec, I would tell you that probably over 90 percent of the bills in committee, they pass almost unanimously. I mean, there is an exceptional uh, collaboration that happens throughout all the parties where, you know, they want to get a bill passed. They're going to work together and they're going to they're going to negotiate. It it gets Mm -hmm. tough sometimes. But at the end of the day, they're going to come out there with a bill that everyone is going to support. Of course, it happens where, you know, if you have a majority government, you really don't care. You're going to delay the process as much as possible. Then you're going to do what they call in French a bayon. You're just going to force parliament to come uh, sit and vote on the bill, regardless of you know what process you uh, you're at in committee. Uh, It's happened. It's happened with the Liberals. It's happened now with the CAC. Uh, It's happened even with the PQ. I mean, these are standard things. But in general, uh, there's an exceptional collaboration that happens in committee work. Uh, So, yeah, to vote vote against, to get to your question, to see a a parliamentarian vote against his own party is extremely rare. It's it's rare. I've, I've never seen it except for one time and maybe twice, but... One occasion, the 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 issue was so delicate. I remember there was a debate on the whole issue of um, uh, euthanasia, yes, you know, uh, uh, dying in dignity uh, bill that was that was passed in Quebec, which made uh, you know which, it made headlines all over the world, right? The fact that there was a parliament that was discussing this issue so. Uh, so uh, with such civil, civility, right? It, there was no debate. There was no yelling. There was no shouting. Everyone was just concentrated. And I think all parties at the National Assembly allowed their MA's to take whatever position they wanted uh, based on their you know, emotions or based on their own personal beliefs. And it was beautiful to see. It was a beautiful debate. It was great. And at the end of the day, everyone voted. And that's, I think, one of the rarest times where I see people in every party vote differently. But it happens very rarely.
0: Yeah. Well, so, so it happens very rarely, which leads me to another concern and question that I've had. And like once again, I'm going to ask you this question is, is the system, is the system flawed? Is the system broken? Does it need to be fixed? Do we need some sort of parliamentary overhaul that, uh, that's always been promised, but no one ever has the balls to, to do it, um, Because as you say, when it comes to, yes, euthanasia, um, you know, more moral issues, I could understand, but when it comes to, um, just the handling of COVID, for example, fiscal policy, uh, which, you know, on a federal level seems to be completely out of control. Um, shouldn't it be the right of an MNA to vote the way their constituents want them to, as it should be.
1: Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, and I, I, I don't know if the system is flawed. Uh, maybe, 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 I don't know. I mean, we're, we're very biased, I think, because this is the system that we've known, right? Yes. Uh, and because we have very little experience with what happens elsewhere, we can't really comment. But I, I don't know. It, it, it brings us back to that interesting debate on who knows best. The guy that you're electing that's in parliament that understands the the happenings in parliament or your random citizen that just thinks, uh, you know, that has an opinion on, on whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a tough debate because at the same time, that random person that thinks that knows everything actually elects you. You understand? So Yeah. <laughs> so there's, yeah. There's, like a catch-22, so yeah. Yeah. So there's this contract that you have. Well, contract. I mean, they elect you. So technically, you're supposed to be representing their voice. But at the same time, you are being elected because the people trust that you, um, you have what it takes to make the most sound decision on their behalf. You understand? Yeah. Uh, because you get elected under a, a banner, you naturally believe in whatever ideology or values that that party has. So if, for example, uh I'll, I'll give you another example when in uh, when was it in 2014 or 15 when the liberals passed the bill 68 which was to ban the religious symbols in the public sector like uh, the the, the um, to, to uncover your face basically yes. so it was a it was a useless bill that was seriously just targeting one community which was the muslims right i mean nobody yes. else has any clothing that covers your face you know sure Muslim women, and it was so insignificant because they knew that statistically, how many Muslim women work in in the public, um, in the public sector. You understand? Uh, yeah. So, for me, it, it meant nothing. But there was still that debate, and um, it, it it was a big one because you have members of parliament representing these minorities, these ethnic cult- uh, these cultural minorities mm-hmm. uh, in their districts, where they may have. Lots of you know a significant Muslim population where women uh wear burqas or the niqabs, you know. Uh, but at the same time, is it because you are representing that portion of the population that that you're against the party ideology? Yeah, Not necessarily, you know, maybe That's- you maybe, maybe you believe in that too. So it's it's a tough situation where you're put in where yeah, you believe what the party your party is doing, but at the same time, you kind of uh, you're 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 sensitive to to the reality that these people are living. So you're called upon then at that point to kind of bridge that situation, become that person to kind of explain what is going on, but at the same time be diplomatic enough not to embarrass anyone. Another example is in um, I think it was in 2009 or 10. And this happened because of us, actually. We had a group of Sikh Indians, you know, the Sikhs with a turban. Yes. Yep. And there are two Sikh temples in Park Extension. And uh, after the election in 2009, they approached us and they're like, you know, we feel kind of secluded and segregated. And, you know, mm-hmm. we feel that people don't understand us and et cetera, et cetera. And um, they came to us and they said, there's an important religious holiday in our calendar. And we would love to, um, to celebrate it in Quebec at the, on the hill. Uh, and at the same time, it can be an occasion Interesting. For, uh, for you guys to help us organize that and to to invite other politicians to come and meet with us in exchange. We're like, fantastic idea. So we put everything together for them. And this is honestly another event that opened my eyes. I mean, I I wasn't subjected to, uh, you know, people's ignorance living in Park X where you see everything. Yes. You know? um, so we organized, the day comes, and there's these two buses that show up. They were like 70 Sikhs, you know. So I'm there beforehand just to help facilitate security and everything, uh, to help them go through the the whole process. And they see 70 Sikhs come out, all right, turbines, uh, all these things, you know, and they freak out. I'm telling you that the majority of the National Assembly security was rushed to the to the entrance, and I was I was like, what's going on over here? Oh, what's going? On there? I'm like, what's going on? They're like, who are these people? I'm like, that's my group. Uh, you have the description because it's really tight. Like you have to send names and everything, right? Okay. So they had everything. They're like, we didn't we didn't know, you know, I'm like, we don't know what a Sikh organization is. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know what I mean? So it took forever. To kind of get them through, right? And then there was a whole issue with the Kirpan because they have that little knife, and for them, yes. it's a religious symbol. Yes. And, they, yes. you know, it was a whole issue. They had to leave it at the door and they were bringing priests, you know, to do the ceremony. And mm-hmm. the priest, cannot. imagine telling a, a priest, a Catholic priest, to, to, to ditch the cross. You know what I mean? Uh, it won't happen. So it was this whole thing. Finally, we had it settled out, whatever. And then when that happened, there was this kind of more you know, activist group from Ontario that saw that and they drove to Quebec purposely just to create the situation, cameras and everything, right? They entered the parliament, they're they're told to take out their Kirpan and they refused, right? (laughs) So they created this whole thing and it became a a political thing, right? To the point where the security of the National Assembly sent a request to the government to pass a motion uh, banning the Kirpan into the parliament. And that was a big issue because here you have my boss, who's representing a huge portion of the Sikh population in Park Extension, and he voted in favor because it's a security matter. If the it's not something that the government decided we're banning the kirpan, where you can actually confront your colleagues during the caucus and to explain to them, guys, it's not this way. Let's think of it like I mean, it's the security that makes a request to the government to say we need to ban this. You can't say no, you know what I mean, you're gonna to- no,
0: i I yeah, I could I could totally understand your boss in that predicament. Yeah.
1: Well, what but- we did in that situation is that we were obliged, we were obliged to go back to the community and tell them, look, let's let me just explain to you what happened. We passed the motion. It came from the security. We had no like I mean, you can't reject that, but we had to go there with a solution. So the solution was, Let's sit together, let's create a committee, let's help the security of the National Assembly come up with a, 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 a solution for future for the future. Can we create a National Assembly kirpan where it's completely sealed so that if you ever go visit, you can exchange your kirpan and they will give you another one, but it's secured. They know that it'll never open. So symbolically, you still have a kirpan with you. So that never went anywhere, unfortunately, but at least we went there with a solution. We kind of tr- we tried kind of to you know, bridge that gap that was created. Cause there was a lot of people that were upset. It,
0: it just, it, it's just unfortunate that such a good, um, initiative on the C community ends up that way that day. Yeah. And, and look, so
1: it, it's not their fault, right? They didn't go with no, that. Intention. It's of course just, not. Some people saw that and they picked it up and they're like, this is it. This is the opportunity we need. Yeah. Right. Cause they're much more critical.
0: So that, you know, um, it's funny that you say that because it leads me to, a question that: What would be the purpose? Listen, I I, I understand the the states um, separating state and religion in Quebec and in Canada. I could understand that, and I could almost even appreciate it. Okay. Um, however, what what would what would convince a CAC government to to do such a or to pass such a alienating yeah bill knowing that it's 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 first of all uh i mean at that point they're already in power number one number two that could potentially affect them with the number of muslim voters that we have yeah they don't care uh, so so, okay but but you're
1: you're talking uh, specifically about bill 21
0: yes i i I don't understand what what is what tell me what is the political moral what's the political game behind this What, what is what what
1: it's it's strictly political, actually. It is. But why political? And I'll tell you why. First of all, Bill Twenty One is very much different from Bill Six. I think it was Bill Sixty Four that we passed because Bill Sixty Four that the Liberals passed, and this I'm not saying because I'm, I'm biased towards the Liberal. Uh, it was very specific. It was we want services to be given and to be uh, received with faces uncovered. That's it. It was just that. I c- so I c- they, took it, they took it to the next level. So they banned religious symbols from every position of authority in the public sector. We're talking about pol- uh, police officers, doctors, yeah. lawyers, judges, teachers. Uh, and, and it was strict. I mean, there are Muslim women that lost their job because they didn't want to remove their, their their veil. And it's a veil. Like, who gives a shit what they have on their head, right? Um, so I don't – and I'll tell you why it's done. Because the debate happened and the CAC realized that their political – their electoral base – is against it so they're feeding into their electoral base they know what they're doing this is not random right but mind you mind you this is being challenged now in court
0: yes um
1: i don't think it's going to pass to be honest with you but at the same time the cac to 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 demonstrate at which point they really don't give a shit they have already invoked the notwithstanding the notwithstanding notwithstanding clause what that means for anyone listening is that regardless of what the supreme court may rule quebec has a right within the constitution that they can use for a maximum well for for five for a period of five years and it could be renewed uh, to go against the ruling of the superior court and just go along with the policy Burassa did that when he uh when he made the the french language the the official language of quebec yes back in you know the 70s now yes but um so and he used a notwithstanding clause uh so it's not the first time that it's being used right so I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, for me, regardless of the situation, this is going to happen. So for the next at least five years, we're going to live with this with this law.
0: So, so this is a great segue into a conversation that you were having um, with Pantelis, and uh, on your morning show, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, you, you're you a co-host of the Pantelis uh, morning show. I'm just um, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which great segues into something I wanted to discuss is institutionalized racism, primarily in Quebec. Yeah. So I, I mean, you you had a pretty good discussion in regards to that with him, and and I I, I could have understood where both of you stood on that, uh, but when I see clearly things like this, when I see motions and laws being passed like this, uh, and the reluctance. And there's another question they're going to ask for you. The reluctance of a politician to say, as so many have done before that, but the reluctance of a Quebec politician to say, yes, there is systematic racism. It is a problem in Canada, in Quebec, excuse me, but we're going to address it and we're going to fix it.
1: That makes no sense to me either. I don't understand how the Quebec government doesn't see it. Uh, I don't know why. I I don't know. When you have all these... um, All these institutions and all these professionals telling you that it exists, like everyone has come out and said it. Is it the fact that we just went through the whole Black Lives Matter movement and everyone kind of rode that wave suddenly because it's trendy? And I'm thinking about the mayor of Montreal who... You know, she had a report two years ago from her own police force saying that there's systemic racism. There was a research <laughs> that was done that was conducted. She did nothing, but suddenly now with the Black Lives Matter movement, she's like, "Yes, there's systemic racism." What the <laughs> fuck were you two years ago when you had that report in your hands, right? Um, and and members of the of the security committee at the city of Montreal were being kicked out. There was I can't remember. He, he he's elected in the East End. I think you might know him, uh, Abdel. Uh, I forget his name. He's an Arab, and okay. he went to insist to the decision. Uh, to the to the press conference, and they didn't let him in. Yes, yeah. I heard about I mean, that. So I, I don't know if that's racism or whatever. You know about I, don't know, I heard it. about that. Yeah, so, they, had, they said, so. There, this exists, so I don't understand the reluctance either uh, to not address it. And what bothers me even more is that the the Legault government has two black people. One of them is a cabinet minister and the other one is um, is a deputy uh, minister, uh, Lionel Carman and Nadine G, uh, Giraud. So where are these people? Your one my question is what happens in the caucus when that caucus sits down to meet? Do these people talk? like when 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 Lego at that caucus before going to question period, when they make a decision to say, we're not recognizing systemic racism. Here are the lines for everyone. By the way, if you if you get uh, scrummed by the journalists, um, yeah, no, there, there's no Okay, that's the lines. Everyone agree? Okay, thank you. At that point, how come? The, how is it possible that they don't open their mouths?
0: Well, it, you would probably know more than me, but I could look at the I, I could look at the predicament that they're in. They're saying, "Here I am, I'm an elected official." Oh, but that's so
1: different, I, man. It's so different. I, we're, we're I know,
0: that. but but I'm the only two black. Am A's M- 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 here? Am I going to open my mouth? Am I going to jeopardize my position? Am I going to jeopardize my future? Am I going to je- jeopardize my future pension <laughs> um, for 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 standing up for my right? I mean, ideally, you would like to think, you would like to think that we've come so, with everything that's going on in the world that they would stand up and say, "Hey, monsieur Lego, serious on an and yeah. meshan problem la."
1: I, 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 it's very difficult for me to imagine them remaining silent. I, I, I don't want to believe it. Uh, And I hope it's not the case. I hope it it didn't happen, but I I honestly don't think that um, that they stayed silent. I just think that party line won them over and I I can, I can imagine them as, as objectively as I can think of this. I can, uh, I can imagine these people going back to their staffers and saying, I'm fucked. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in a tough situation right now. I'm in a tough I, situation.
0: You know, I, I, I can't put myself, I can't put myself in their shoes. But you would like to think, like you said, could you imagine the emotional roller coaster that these people are going through? absolutely and i'm sure that they've that they've let's say they've been subjected to racism and during their their life their career certainly
1: i'm sure they have you know it's funny that you mentioned this because i had ali nestor on my on my podcast ali nestor was um he he, he's a haitian guy they they him and his family moved from haiti back in the mid-70s i think and uh, that kid took a wrong turn and he was involved with uh, street gangs and like really high level shit here you know Mm -hmm. what i mean uh and um uh like really big time gangsterism and he managed to turn it around. And now he has a, a, a martial arts school in the, in, the, in, in, in St. Michel
0: uh,
1: and uh, he helps kids uh, stay off the streets and all that stuff. So I had him on the podcast and he's telling me that um, given the fact that they're black in Quebec, he, that's him saying that mm-hmm. it's almost impossible that at some point in their lives, they weren't subjected to some form of racism. It's almost impossible. It's almost impossible. Now, is he generalizing? Was he saying that every single black person is subjected to racism? I don't know. I'm not part of that whole. I, I don't know. I would love to believe that it's not the case. But when it comes from someone that has lived a certain reality, yes, I, I'm going to believe him. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tend to side with a guy. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I've been subjected to racism, and I'm fucking white. You know what I mean? Like,
0: of course, yes, we have. I mean, and, and our, our ancestors, I'm sure the first ones that came to mature are probably even worse. Um, you know, the Italian and Greek community. But yeah. it, it, it's to to be put, like I said, it, just to go back to, to the point that to be put into that predicament and um, it, it, like what, what would, what would, the only way I could see it, for example, Legault saying or any politician saying, if I admit to this, it means I've done nothing about it. Whereas you could, he could look at it on the other foot and say, yes, there is. I might have let it go or previous governments have let it go, but I'm going to do something about it.
1: There's many ways that you could have done the right thing. Uh, at this point, though, it, I, I, you see the, here's how I think about it. I think about it when the shit hits the fan, how are you going to repair it? How are you going to come out and face the crowd and say – uh, yeah, no, now there is systemic racism. That's going to be the point where you're going to look like an idiot. You understand? Um, unless you keep banging on that same nail, at which point I hope the people are going to realize that this guy just doesn't deserve to be, uh, uh, there. Right. So I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know
0: what's going to happen. It, it's the classic case, right? That, like you just said, it's a perfect example. We only did something about, um uh, Um, old folks home once the the, the deaths skyrocketed, right? Exactly. And and only something was done, basically meaning also getting more employees for there, giving them a living wage, because trust me, I'm a mortgage broker. I've said this many times. So just in case I'll I'll repeat it to you, George, I'm a mortgage broker. And prior to this increase, I saw how much they were making. We're talking about poverty levels. Here it is. The people in, in the, in, 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 in life that are taking care of our most vulnerable that have done everything for us and are literally can't even afford to buy fucking pastries. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, the shit hit the fan and he did something about it. So now what is it going to take now? What, what sort of shit could hit the fan in terms of racial?
1: Well, look, it's funny that you mentioned the morning show because last week I I brought up um, a story that broke out. Um, as soon as this whole black lives matter thing happened, there was a committee that was established immediately uh, from the federal government. And this was uh, an all inclusive committee from all provinces and territories. It was all the um, ministers from all, all governments to discuss exactly the the issue of human rights and, you know, that kind of stuff happening in Canada. Everyone was supposed to be present at that meeting (laughs) last week. Quebec pulled out because they saw that on the agenda they were discussing systemic racism. Like, I mean, you got to be fucking stupid, you know what I mean? Uh, and they, they sent the they, they sent the um, the the suminist in immigration, like like the guys a, the guys a civil servant to 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 follow the meetings. It's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it really is. The, you have all the other government officials of every single province and territory wanting to have a serious discussion about where we're going, so that we can have a nice uniform uh policy made towards this and we're backing out because they're 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 talking about systemic racism and you happen not to uh believe in it i mean i don't know i mean uh, at some point i mean how much counter current can you be going when everyone else is going one direction i I don't know
0: what so so i'm this is this is going to be a weird question can, can we relate this to the treatment of the English community within Quebec as being racist? How we're being treated
1: in Quebec, specifically? You mean? Yes. I, I don't think so because all the governments uh, have come out to recognize the the importance of the the English community, the fact that they're uh, they're they're founding uh, people of you know this country, and that the role uh, is important. The language laws in Quebec have certainly hurt uh, a lot of the English-speaking communities. but And, you know, we had this conversation, you know, off air. At the same time, I think we've got to look at it, you know, objectively uh, and at a grander scale where you're looking at the French language, not only in Quebec, but across North America and maybe even potentially in the world, where that is a real minority, right? So the fact that we're protecting the French language, I have never had anything against that. Um, in retro, uh, uh, inversely, though, what that has brought on to the English community, yeah, a lot of them do feel like they're uh, second tier, uh, you know, and it's unfortunate. And it's not only, you know, the separatist government. I mean, they've had these feelings even with liberal Yes, government.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Because the liberal government's also wanting to show that, you know, We're not only the party of ethnic groups and the Anglo community for a long time had to kind of play the cards right and say that we need to protect the French people. Uh, I mean, we're in Quebec, so they had to kind of go that direction by doing so. uh, Have they alienated the Anglo community? I mean, don't forget that in the 80s we had uh, a breakaway from the liberal party and you had the what was that the the party that was created?
0: uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, with uh, Mario, uh, Mario Dumont?
1: No, 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 that's the ADQ. But even before that, there was another party that it basically won all the, the writings in the West Island. Yes. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I wasn't born. <laughs> it was like in the 70s, <laughs> I think. Or, uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, the, it, it has impacted them. And I, I speak a lo- I speak to a lot of uh, these uh, the people in the English communities. And, yeah, sometimes they kind of put themselves... At the level that we're at, uh, you know, we don't know where we belong. I mean, we're ethnics here. We're, our parents are immigrants. We speak French and English, but we're considered immigrants <laughs> at the same time. So we're kind of like stuck in the gray zone. And you have the Anglo's telling us, "Yeah, we're like you guys." So I'm like, "What do you mean, us? Like, so, so are you confirming <laughs> that
0: we're fucking?" <laughs> you know what so, I mean? so, so here's here's the thing. This is why I love that I'm doing this show. That I have conversations with people like you. That, as I told you as well. I'm getting older and I try to, everyone knows me. I'm a hardcore federalist. Okay. I believe in the rights of the English community within, with Quebec, but something you said off air, and and I'm going to repeat this and and what, which I find so interesting is that we, when I say we, the English community are a minority in a part, we're part of a minority of a French province. That's part of a minority of the majority of Canada and North America That's English. So just stop to think about that. How interesting that is. And, and, and almost to say that I could understand and I have grown an appreciation for the French language. I've grown an appreciation that we only have, uh, we have all the riches. So do my children, probably yours as well, that they speak probably two, three languages, uh, at five, six, seven, by the time they're 10 years old, they're fluent in three languages. So I could see how, how, where they're coming from, but maybe, and what, what I have, it, it's, it's all semantics, right? It's, it's all, it's all optical. And what I have a problem with George is does something like, I don't know if you can answer this and I never really looked into it, but maybe you, you could shed some light. on Does something like the OQLF exist anywhere in the world?
1: Oh, in the world, I don't,
0: know. I don't. You know what? I when someone could come into your place of business, George, yeah. and say that writing is a little bit too small. That writing is it. What I'm it, it, saying is, in the grand scheme of things, two. How fucking stupid and archaic do we look? Yeah. One. That's one. And two is really, in the grand scheme of things, what the fuck does it change?
1: Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you because I agree with you, but again, I've I've learned to look at things very objectively, right? Just because of you know the job that I've had to do, and sometimes I had to push myself to kind of understand everyone's perspective. It's a law in Quebec. We have language laws. You understand? So the OQ, the the the, the official langue française, they're there. To make sure that that law is respect but it's a law it's like you going 150 on the highway getting stopped and telling the cop yeah but does it really matter man like does it really matter does it really make a difference it's a fucking law like whether you like it or not it's a law so you yeah. have uh, the official along that protects it now the question on whether or not they're overfunded is a whole other debate uh wow. doing way more importance to them and are, like fucking nitpicking every single detail that maybe i'll agree with you but the fact that they're there i don't see how they couldn't be there with the minute that you have these laws that maybe are unique also right i mean i don't know anywhere else where they have language laws uh you know Mm -hmm. but it does make us look stupid i mean we all know past the gate uh in 2012 whatever whenever 2013 whenever that happened like it makes us look bad man because it's written uh, cannoli and it's not a french word it's like okay Find me the French word. And I'll put it. I, the, the fucking thing is a cannoli. What am <laughs> I gonna write? You know? <laughs> it's it, it just. It,
0: it, I I don't know, George. I don't know. I have so it much.
1: It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I
0: have so sense. much. I have so much trouble with it. I think. Can't we have one? We could have one without the other. I I don't care what anybody tells me. We could have one without the other, and one without the other is, this overzealous, overfunded, just. He, the semantics again hiring five million dollars a budget in, in in the midst of a global pandemic come on it's people starving people killing themselves losing their business and you're I hiring
1: I there's other priorities there's other priorities but you know uh, they, 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 they beefed it up man they beefed up the the the, the official français so obviously they had to increase the budgets um you know look i've seen uh, you know, during my time in politics, I've seen really frustrating situations because imagine now, I don't know if you've taken a drive through Park Ex, Jean Talon or Jerry or, you know, the, the, you have small mom and pop shops, you know yes. what I mean? South Asians, yep. uh, it's not so much because they've been there for a while. So they, I guess they've learned, but mostly South Asians, it's like the newcomers that, well, they're not newcomers now anymore, but at some point they were. And, you know, they have signs that are written in Urdu or in Bangla or in Hindi or whatever. Yeah. And they're expensive, man. You know, we're talking about thousands of dollars here to yep. put a sign in front of your store. And they're getting smashed by the government, right? And they're coming to me. They were used to come to my office like, look, they gave me a fine. I'm like, yeah, bro, look, your, your entire sign is in fucking Urdu. What do you want me to tell you? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what do you want me to say? You know? And you drive down Jean Talon and the poor people, you know, a lot of them don't have the money to change it. And there's like tape on the <laughs> thing. Well, like okay. you'll see. It. Like they've painted over it or something, you know?
0: Okay, so you you bring up a great point. I understand it's a law, okay? But at what point, and I'm not going to relate it to, but like when, let's say, for example, you 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 pass a law that you know is not lawful, that the law is in place to systematically eradicate the people, let's say, I'm just saying, I'm not going to compare the two, but what I'm trying to say is my point is when a law is not just, listen, I know I'm not going to change things myself, but when a law is not just is there any there's no way anybody will ever come along and say, you know what, we have to we gotta rethink this, we gotta change it, we gotta it's 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 too much. I, I can't believe how after all these years, um it's it, no one is gonna have the courage p- because it's political suicide to even open up open up Bill 101. And which leads us into another discussion we were having, you know, when when somebody wanted um the MA out of Laval, or was she where where was she again? I spoke oh, about this as well in in my other federally, podcast.
1: Federally, no, she's an MP. Yeah, Emanuela. Emanuela Lambropoulos. She's a she's a federal MP in Saint Laurent. Is that what you're talking uh, about? The, uh, yes, the, yes. The, the, the that yeah, yeah, that
0: basically that. was kicked out of the Standing Commission on uh, on language, language because yeah. she she basically uh, she fucked up, she uh, she but she it. she 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 said she said you know before we you know you 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 got to give me proof that if I'm going to you know until it's going to remain a myth that french is at a uh, a decrease or a risk
1: mean, full, full disclosure here i know this girl personally i've known her for a long time i've known her since she was like in university you know like at some point we had approached the student associations the Greek student associations to kind of get more involved in politics, and that's where we met. So, I've been following the girl for a long time. She's very reserved, very below the radar kind of person, but that was a big mistake. It was a bit like for the people listening that don't know what we're talking about. This is a but this is in Ottawa, right? It has nothing to yes. do with Quebec. Uh, there's the parliamentary committee uh, on official languages, and they have the director, I think, of like, I don't know what's some institution there, French language, I can't remember who it was. Um And she comes out and she's like, I don't want to call it a myth or anything, but um, I would have to see evidence in order to believe it. But can you explain blah, 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 how, you know, explain what's behind this decline, you know, like with air quotes. Look, first of all, factually, it's wrong because there's so much evidence that proves that the French language is in decline in Quebec, okay? So you cannot even say that, like it's wrong. And secondly, politically, man, she just fucking blew it you know what i mean and i feel bad i spoke I, I spoke to her actually over the weekend uh she's going through a very difficult time right now right she had to come out and apologize and then you know, she had to step down from the committee uh but and, and this is what we were saying before uh off air because you were telling me look but you're a politician you're supposed to question this is your job this is your duty and yes it is but there's always ways to communicate messages without putting your foot in your mouth you know what i mean and i and the best example i gave you was just remove the first person just don't say i need to see proof to believe it or i don't want to call it a myth put like just say it generally you know there are suggestions that uh, the the evidence uh, isn't enough or enough conclusive on the decline can you please elaborate or explain like say it that way you know
0: but, but but then but then you could you see having having been in a follower politics for for a good part of my life is what I'm fed up of. This is why also I don't I don't give my topics or questions to my guests prior because I don't want rehearsed answers. Yeah. And it's true. And yeah. the same way I don't want it from my guests, I don't want it from my politicians. I'm so sick and tired of it, George. So you know what? First of all, the next time you speak to her, you're going to thank her for me. You're going to say, Luigi Costanza from the Agree to Disagree show. I salute her, so number one. Yeah. Number two is... You know, then you could understand why there's such a rise of populism, uh, uh, politics in the world, you know, case in point, we don't have to look far the orange haired, uh, lunatic down in the States, uh, <laughs> some countries in, in Europe as well, but you could understand because you know what, sometimes, you know what, George, I just want somebody to tell me, you know what I fucked up. You know what? This law is fucking stupid. The country fucked up. I'm going to make a difference about, it. I'm going to make a change. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know, George. I don't know if it's if it's. I want an overhaul of a system, or I want a politician that I could actually trust that speaks from the heart, as she did here in this. And you know what's funny?
1: She spoke from the heart, but it was wrong, man. Like, look, any any way you see it, I mean, it's it's just factually wrong. It's like me telling you that, uh, look. I need more evidence to believe that Sicily belongs to Italy. I don't know, <laughs> uh, you know. But tell me why you think it's Italian. Like it's factual, dude. It, it, that's what it is, you know. So, and if you you haven't read enough, then fucking go read. Find out why, you know. Uh, like I like I told you, you can have this discussion. She could have said it in so many different ways where. She wouldn't have been in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. So it's, it's for me, it's nothing more than a communication issue. Because maybe, maybe even she believes that the, the, the French language is not. I don't know what she believes. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. But figure out a way to say it that politically won't get you in trouble. Um, So there's a there's a whole aspect of political inexperience that that, that she kind of realized right now. Yes, right? yeah, she she, in she did a new phase right now, and it's gonna hurt her. The Quebec caucus from. Some discussions that I had over the weekend is very split, man. It's very split. I heard rumors that, and it's not rumors. I mean, it was in La Presse uh, over the weekend where there some people close to the PM are calling for her, uh, for her getting ejected from the caucus. I, ah, think that's extreme. Sh- I think that's extreme. I mean, it was a mistake. She did the right thing. She apologized. She stepped down from the committee. From that point on, look, let's turn the page, man. It's over. It's done. You know what I mean? She's going to learn. Um, and then, you know, there's this whole debate now that came up with a cartoonist that drew, I don't know if you saw that in La Press.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, <laughs> the, uh, yes, yes,
1: yes. Caricature where they're slapping her. Yes. And that, 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 the... but listen, man, it's, it's a caricature, man. You, you, we're not going to start, we're not going to start attacking freedom of speech now and expression. And at the same oh,
0: time, uh, we're going to go down that rabbit hole now. Freedom yeah, of listen. speech.
1: Well, look, I mean, the guy, first of all, I'm, I'm telling you this because, within the community they're at arms they're like what is this this is sexist this is uh, uh whatever racist uh, it's uh, it incites violence towards women blah 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 read the, look at the fucking cartoon first of all okay the yeah. cartoon says the the liberal members of parliament Towards Emmanuel Lombropoulos. exactly, and they're lining up the slapper. So the guy, he's not saying let's beat her up because of the mistakes she did. The guy is exposing a reality where your own people are stabbing the knives on your back and they're throwing you under the bus. That's they, what he's exposing. They
0: are because the block Which is leader. True. They they are because the block leader right after said says yes, she said it because she means it, and I'm sure like the majority of her her compatriots in her in her party. Yeah feel the same way so she basically she opened up pandora's box for the liberals No, but uh, the, guy,
1: the guy's exposing a problem that is i think real to the fact that a lot of her fucking caucus you know they weren't very nice to her you know what i mean and that's what happens in politics you know jean Charest used to say this the best you know uh, in politics your worst enemy is not across the floor they're sitting behind you <laughs> you know what i mean it's true there's so much competition and the slightest mistake can cost you so much. Right. And that's what the cartoonist is exposing. And we just took it out of proportion. I mean, I think there could have been a better way for him to portray that rather than having people lining up to slap slapper, but that's, he's actually supporting her in that cartoon. He's exposing her caucus that came out against her. So this has spurred a whole other debate. But, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. And, but at the same time, the people that I've spoken to up in Ottawa, they're like, What is issue, man? It's done. We're we're over. The only thing we want we're to over. apologize, step down from the, from the committee, and we're done. We're done." Like that's how fast news recycles on the hill. We're oh, done. Especially, yeah. but, especially. Just, but she fucked over Justin on this on this issue. She 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 destroyed him because, and this is the why I just don't understand why she would even say that because your party is trying to make a policy on reinforcing the French language because. In a rare move, Justin came out at the beginning of his mandate, the, the 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 new term now, and he acknowledged the fact that the French language was in decline and that he was going to do something about it and blah, blah, blah. You know, he put Melanie Jolie there responsible for the yeah. French language, for the official languages and everything. So, and then you have your own MP coming out and putting doubt on this whole thing it's yeah like, that's that's is not it? good uh, like, yeah you not listening you're not listening when you're having these conversations in your caucus yeah, like that, that... following what your party's doing like what the fuck it's, it's a big mistake man it's a big mistake but that's all it is right uh but i you know it wouldn't surprise me if this is probably gonna continue i mean the block of won't
0: let this go of course not they have nothing else to do
1: so there's, uh, there's this huge uh damage control that the liberal party needs to do now in Ottawa. i don't know how the hell they're going to do it but
0: uh so so yeah i i could see it you see you see the way i, I look at it differently now the way you explained it and and i, I could totally totally understand she, she literally put her party in uh oh, i goodness. mean and she and she's she, out of all the committees she's in um just before i wanted to go just to go back to what you were thinking about before you could remember my good friend tony chichi says was the, the name you were looking uh, for Equality
1: party that's it yeah, that's was that one.
0: it yeah, yeah. that's Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. A lot of people were saying hi. Um, Dario Vitali, one of my big followers. Wait, while you I'm fucking late. <laughs> I can't be <laughs> the right type. French language laws. Luigi do I? Well, unleash, unleash on George. No, no, don't don't unleash on George. No, no.
1: Um,
0: my other good friend from uh, Podcast Dirty Four. Can yeah. the PM abolish the OQLF, uh, George? I don't think so. I'm sure they you did. could.
1: Actually, look, they can do whatever they want. But it's like what you said. It's political suicide.
0: It's political yeah. suicide.
1: They, they, they would never do that because they would indicate that they don't care about the French language and in Quebec it's almost sacred right and I understand the position of the English community uh because I happen to be from an ethnic community <laughs> and we're kind of in the same boat right um but we have to I, in my opinion I think we we have to start looking at it from up above right uh mm-hmm. I'm grateful that the French is protect in Quebec, because look at us, we can speak French now. My kids are going to speak French and it's an advantage. Of course, you know, the argument is that it's an advantage if you're staying in Quebec. Yeah. If, you know, if yes. you're not in Quebec, nobody gives a shit. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to speak French anywhere else, but chances are that if you're living here and if you're raising your family over here, and this is also what we're seeing at off air, maybe it's something to consider for your kids and even for yourself to learn French because you're going to get a lot of obstacles, man. Uh, you know, and it's unfortunate. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be there, but they are.
0: But but they are. I mean, it's 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 not. Especially if you work in, like I said, as well with a company that predomin- predominantly works within Quebec, right? That they like don't imagine, deal.
1: Like imagine a situation where you would go uh, give an interview for a job and you can't speak French.
0: Yeah, it's ça Like
1: how uncomfortable is that interview? You no, know what I, mean?
0: I, I I understand that. Listen, it is every anglophone's responsibility to to at least learn a working french that's all i'm saying because if you i've said if you make a conscious decision to to stay here to live here to raise your family here it's going to be difficult for you if you don't speak french it's going to be that, and you're going to make it even more difficult for your for your kids okay, so sure. do you really want to do that so that's all I'm going to say. Two messages from Diary of Vitaly for you, George. He wants you to say uh, thank you to her as well. <laughs> okay. And as well, he says, George, when are you running for PM? <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, it's a tough situation. Look, guys, the language debate has been going on in Quebec. Right? I don't think there's a perfect solution. I just think that the best thing that we can do is to just keep the communication channels open. We have to create, we have to make Quebec uh, as open a society as possible where you don't have people up in the regions that look at a Sikh and they think that they're there to blow up their town kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate, but Quebec is such a huge province. I mean, if you go out in the region, do you think they know what an Italian looks like or what no, they do? You think they know what you think they know the difference between a, oh uh, a Pakistani Muslim and an Arab? Like they don't know, they don't know these things. Can
0: I can I share a story with you? Yeah. So when I was uh <laughs> when I was with a mortgage insurance company, I had a huge area. I had um, South Shore, Rief Sud, and the Richelieu Yamaska. Okay, so I'll never forget George. Okay, you have a, a tie-in. Uh, account manager of this mortgage insurance company. And I had the case pop. I had all the case pops in the region that I just said. And it was my first time walking into La Case Popular de Bedford. Oh, I've- my- I know. If bed. if you would have asked me to fucking find Bedford, I would have never found it without GPS. Okay. Let's okay. put it that way. So,
1: sort of here, like Just parenthesis. I have a cousin sure. that lives in Bedford. Imagine those odds. Like.
0: <laughs> could you imagine the odds? So I'll never <laughs> forget. Me get... here. Could you imagine? Okay. I'm coming out. It's funny you said something. I'm coming out. I'm bringing yeah. the staff oh, of this. I'm coming out of this. I smell manure. Okay. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Okay. Number two, I come out... One holding up my, my my laptop because I'm going to do my presentation, and on the other hand, I have cannolis. Okay, but <laughs> wait, I'm not finished. Yeah. I walk into the branch. I'm wearing a I don't remember a pinched <laughs> pinched stripe suit, bro. I look like I just got out of the Goodfellas reunion. Yeah. Okay, the entire the entire branch, including staff and clients, just turned around and literally looked at me.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. where the
0: fuck is this guy coming? From? You,
1: you stand out, man, like a fucking like a sore <laughs> sort <of>. up. <laughs> I'll sure. never
0: forget that. I'll never sure. forget that it was so good.
1: But that's that, it's crazy. I'm not judging it, I'm not criticizing it, but no. at some point, I mean it's such a vast territory, and in reality, you have these cultures concentrated in what three, four cities, Montreal, Laval. Obviously in the South Shore, maybe a little bit in Quebec City, maybe uh, maybe a little bit in Sherbrooke, you know Gatsineau, a little bit yeah. uh, and that's it. other than that, nobody you, you go outside in the region and you talk about a Muslim they they're, they're, they're automatically associated to a terrorist or whatever yeah. you know yeah there's so, and there's so many disparities I mean it's it's, it's incredible.
0: That's the thing I mean the, uh, ignorance is bliss right Ignorance is bliss I'll never you know I'll never forget the first time I brought a, home a black friend. My mother was looking at me like, "What the hell did I bring, Marla? Like, Jesus Christ, what's the problem, man?" That's
1: I'll le- so bad. That's so bad.
0: I, I, I'll never forget. This was in college, George, because obviously, like, I probably like you. Uh, your perkeks was my St. Leonard. Ninety-nine point nine percent of my we, friends were Italian. We,
1: yeah, we hung out with the, with the same culture.
0: You know, so, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's heard, right? We, we all stick and they all move just like the Muslims are doing now and they're all moving and it makes sense. Of course, you want your community around you. Um, so, you know, we evolve and, 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 and things change And, 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 you know, talking about evolving, uh, Milan has a great question, uh, and he's asking as an Ontarian, will Quebec ever get past the language national status debate? Is this the future of Quebec politics? CAC versus, uh, PLQ on this issue?
1: Yeah, the, hmm. the, the, we, we answer that question. Yeah, the, 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 French, the, the language issue is is always center. It's, it's one of the main issues. Uh, it's been there since the 50s, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, maybe at some point it was put aside, but it's always there kind of hovering in the background. Um, you know, at some point I'm imagining that we're just going to accept what things are and then time to time, you know, there's going to be a few challenges here and there um but when it comes to quebec and the rest of canada look i mean it's it's for sure the language debate is there it's, sure. a, it's always there it's always sure. there
0: because we are yes we are different What it's always going to be there but, but you know think about it, but think about it i mean aside i mean
1: it's also what makes quebec different as a province compared to the rest of uh the province in canada i mean uh, there isn't one, I mean, it's not like there's no cultural representation in other provinces. Uh, that's a lie. I mean, there there's people of all uh, ethnicities living across the, the country. So yeah. we're the same in that respect. It's literally the language. It's literally, and with that language comes this whole other cultural baggage, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, arts, uh, movies, all these things that are associated to the language.
0: Everything good, uh, yeah
1: for sure. For sure. It's uh, it, it's, it's never going to go away. you crazy.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's, you know what we failed to see though, George? And I don't know if, if you have a story, but I, I have one. What we fail to see, uh, us Anglophone, uh, Anglophones is how, Quebec or Francophone see us. Cause uh, you know, in my years as business, I've s- spoken to a lot of, uh, clients, obviously majority been Francophone and we get to talk and they say, well, your kids go to English school and they, and, and, and I'll never forget this conversation that I had. Then he became a friend as well. Uh, and he says, you know, what, Lou?" he didn't speak English. So he says. You know, I admire you that you could speak English, French, and you speak yeah. Italian as well with your parents. Yeah. And 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 I said, thank you, Olivier. I appreciate that. He says, but can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He says, why should you and your kids have more pro, um, um, opportunities in life where I'm I'm here and I can't choose to send my kids to English school? Because if I if I could, I would.
1: Yeah. so fun. this it's, is
0: one person right yeah, 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 how many of them
1: there's a lot there, it's interesting that you bring this up because, first of all on on the ethnic issues most of the quebecers that i've spoken to are amazed and they're so welcoming and they're so like uh mesmerized by the the variety yes. of culture and ethnicity that exists and that's uh in general i've seen that right um even with the languages they're 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 amazed at the fact that even even some uh members of ethnic communities speak french better than them they know that they yes. it in, yeah. in some occasions but um what do you, what do you answer them I, I don't know what you what you answer them it's uh, i i
0: i i answer them i remember i said Olivia, all i could say is i wish it for you I, I yeah. wish you could. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, these... at the
1: same time, is th- this actually was a center issue back in, I think, 2009, 10, because we said, I, I told you this off air, where Jean Charest had imposed, he had changed the curriculum in the public schools, yes. in the French schools, to, uh, to implement more English. Mm-hmm. Because this was an issue. There's a lot of Francophones that want to learn English, and they can't, yeah. because that's just how it is. So that has changed. Uh, and I think that a lot of them now, especially with, you know, this whole process of globalization, Quebec is no longer just Quebec. We're part of this huge global society now with all the social media. You have a business over here. You can connect with anyone across the world. They understand how important it is to be speaking English if you want to be doing businesses, business across Canada or anywhere across the world. Right. So. And I think their kids like the younger generations that went to French school and they live maybe outside of Montreal or even in Montreal that don't speak English, they realize that they're living in a world right now with much bigger uh, uh, potential than whatever existed decades ago you know what absolutely I mean? they, they could be like in in an instant, Transferred, I don't know, to England or uh, to the U.S. or across Canada. So I, I see what you're saying, and it's important. I think they've realized it, but are, is there enough? Is there enough of it to 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 make Quebec a truly bilingual uh, province?
0: I I think I think um, it's it's it's. I think I agree that it's even more so. I'm sure even more so now, because think about it. We live in the best time of history in terms of being safe in terms of, of of not lacking anything for food, uh, and in terms of, of having the world as your economy, as a client uh, could, could exist anywhere. So it's that, that, so which leads me to my, where could we find that balance of Quebec keeping their identity and their language, but yet not holding down your own population? This is what I've always had a problem with, and I feel for them. Which I think a lot of Anglophone don't don't look at it that way. I do. I I put myself in their shoes. But I have at least the right to say if I wanted to send my kid to French school, I had that right, but yeah. I didn't. I sent them to English, but I had the right. I'm, his, I'm their fucking father.
1: Yeah, they
0: don't have that any right.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: so could we find that common ground i don't know if we're ever going to see that day that we're going to find that common ground but it's going to accelerate
1: uh yeah of course but at the same time it's also what we said off air it, it's 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 so like learning the english language is night and day uh compared to learning the french like i mean it's so much easier in my in my yes. opinion now do they think it's easy? I don't know. Maybe they're so much in their world where it's just French, 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 French all the time where English is really a challenging uh language. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I've met a lot of French people that had that difficulty learning. And they're like, it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. How do you guys speak it? Mm-hmm. How they, like, I, so I don't know. Everyone everyone is living a different reality. Yeah. At the same time, though, I mean, even if, you know, hypothetically, all right, hypothetically, if we were to even reach anywhere close to that level that you're describing guess what's going to happen we're going to come back to this whole same debate where french language it's um it's uh now not only has it was it in decline now it's almost
0: inexistent but so and i'm going to ask this question again at what point does a population forget about politicians a population says you know what i don't Because this is what I see, I think is inevitable. This is just my opinion, is that I see as we become globalized, I I just see these kids growing up and saying, you know what? I just, I want to live a good life. I want to have my friends. I want to have my family. I want to have a job. I want food on my table. And I want to enjoy my life because we're here for a short time. And, and, and I have friends all over the world. And you know what? This. Quebec thing, this language thing doesn't really m- matter to me anymore. Do you? Do you? St- I don't know. Do you see ever see it happening? To- because I think that the politicians make more of an issue of it than look, the actual people. Or am I in left uh, field?
1: Look, think of it this way, okay? Where is English spoken mostly in Quebec? Montreal. Your answer is right there. Your answer is there. You have an entire province, and you have one city primarily. I mean, you have Gatineau too; that they speak English. Yeah. Surprisingly, Quebec City. There's a lot of Anglophones living yes. in Quebec city. Yes. Yeah. Um, but primarily, let's say it's Montreal, Laval. Okay, that's a Greater Montreal. Okay. You have an entire province, and you have one city. That's, you know, where, where this issue is. You know what I mean? That's why what, oh, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that how can it even reach a point where English, um, like it, it, you know, in, in in the regions in Quebec, where English is going to become not not predominant, it'll never become uh, predominant, yeah. I think. But
0: it, that so, point, so it won't, it won't. So yeah. it leads. It's so again, it's like almost contradicting saying. So, why are you worried so worried about losing the French language and culture if you know it's never going to get to that point because of the vastness and les régions, comme tu as dit tantôt?
1: Because at the same time, because this is where the paradox is. The same, this is why I told you this example because the same way that example shows how I don't want to say insignificant because the, the English language isn't insignificant, I'm just saying, in terms of numbers well, numbers. I mean, Montreal, I mean, that's where the, the largest concentration of your population is, right? I mean, you take Greater Montreal, you have 3 million people out of... True. France, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's about a third of your, your, your population. But the same way that we're seeing how English is really just important in that little city versus all of Quebec, um, uh, at the same time, it, it it's where everything happens. Yeah. So... I, I I don't know.
0: Yeah. It, listen, it's, 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 we're, we're going to be talking about, to answer that question before, we're going to be talking about this till, but I, I don't, don't know. Think,
1: but I don't think there's an answer to it. The, the, no. the answer is that we, we, we see it, uh, you know, the people that I've had this conversation with, they see it from one direction, like they see it from one perspective, and that's your reality right now. You got to, you, you have, we have to learn to kind of, you know, it's this out of body experience kind of thing where you're looking from above and you're like fucking shit. French is only spoken what 0.5% in all of North America and, it's, and it's alarming. It's alarming. Uh, and it's only because of Quebec.
0: And I've only, I've, I've honestly, George, I've really tried to make a conscious effort to really listen to my colleagues that I've become friends with that are Francophones and I, and I listen to them and we talk, um, you know, uh, I really tried to see put my sh- the, the proverbial put my my feet in someone else's shoes because I, I could see it. I, I could understand and
1: At the same time, the same argument that you have about the French people wanting to learn English, but they can't because of whatever limited resources they have. Mm-hmm. The same thing exists in the in the English community. you know i've I, I have this conversation with uh, Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is he just got elected. He's an m a out in the West Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one voice that they have trying to tell everyone that, yeah, we're the English community, but we want to speak more French too. We want to be part of this culture. We, we want to. So can we find some common ground? Common ground. Uh, you understand? So it's the same arguments across the floor. Like the French people may have the argument that we want to learn more English, but the English people also want to learn more French. Because the rea- but of course the numbers are much less, right? I mean, let's not, let's, yeah you know, we can't really compare. Uh, like we, we said this off air, the, the English schools are Largely in decline, uh, they're almost yeah. non existent, right? I mean, the resources are like I don't know how many schools they're down to, but well, uh, well. population wise, too, they're, they're they're they can't, you can't even compare to the French, like, which, may. no,
0: I mean, let's face it, 101 has uh took 50 years, oh. but it, it worked, yeah, yeah, I, I right?
1: agree with. You. But at the same time, the ones that are still there, they wish that they could be speaking more French as well, yeah, that's the reality, too.
0: Well, yeah. Listen, um, I think I think we've we've exhausted th- th- that that uh, that that subject. Uh, what, what I really want to talk uh, something else I want to talk about as well is the various podcasts that you're involved in, yeah. um, and one in particular, uh, just as dads. Um, yeah. Why? Because I could totally relate, guys. And first of all, whoever's listening or watching this. Uh, especially my close friends, guys, you gotta listen to this because I listened just the first episode and I was already on the floor because. Well, well for, p- put us into context. What, it, like, what, so,
1: so look, like historically, like timeline, right? Like politics ended in 2018, and I almost knew immediately what I wanted to do. First of all, the fact that I had way more time than ever before, (laughs) you you know what I mean? Uh, So I created the backstage podcast because I had all these contacts and I had all these resources that I think I could bring to the forefront and add value to people that were listening. Uh, And that, you know, took about a year, like towards the end of 2019, where we went to a baptism. One of my friends, one of my buddies was baptizing his daughter. And we're sitting there on the table, and you know, you reach a point where you have your kids, you have your life, you you don't see your friends as much as you used to, right? Uh, when you were younger. And we're sitting on st- at this at the table, we're all together, obviously. And I'm just listening to the conversation, and we're fucking dying of laughter. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I miss these guys, but You know, we don't see each other enough, and when we do see each other, it's as if a day hasn't gone by, right? Yeah. It's yeah. That kind of relationship. And I'm like, this has to be a fucking podcast. Like, I mean. Bring the dads, the stories that we have, the things against our wives, the the, the stupidities <laughs> our kids do, and you know our reaction to those things. Because let's face it, I mean, come on, dads will never will never measure up to moms, right? I mean, no. <laughs> we're, <No>. in, <laughs> we're in we're a class of our own there, you know. So, and I told my I was like, guys, we got to do a podcast, you know. And we started end of 2019, and it's, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a lot of fun. The the challenge, like I was telling you, was is that Compared to the Backstage Podcast where it's so focused on having a guest and there's so much stress. Well, not stress, but I mean, there's so much planning and coordinating and you got to find the people and there's all that crap, you know? And then if you're doing it weekly, if you don't have anyone and you're stuck, you're like, oh, fuck, what do I do? You have to figure out how to do a monologue for 40 minutes, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I,
0: I, I did a couple of those, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So the advantage of that, having consistent hosts is that you don't have to break your head about that. But the challenge is, Figuring out a schedule that works for three people that have their own busy schedule and that have all this shit going on. We did an episode, it's funny a couple episodes ago, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna post this episode because that's what happens. We try sure. to do an episode, we got nowhere. Luigi, <laughs> it was it was one guy yelling at his kids, the other guy <laughs> being interrupted. I'm like, What the fuck is happening? Can we start recording finally? You know, it's <laughs> amazing. And at the end, we're like, guys, let's just we're not doing this episode. I'm like, you know what? This is the episode, fuck it. <laughs>
0: And that's, and that's what I love. I, I love that you, um, I love that you, you, you did this show because I was telling, um, I don't know if you know, Nick, uh, Nick Drossos.
1: Yeah, of course he, he was on it. He, he, guy, he was on without a shirt.
0: So he was on my show. Uh, he was, a love him by the way. Uh, okay. Shout out, sh- shout out to Nick actually yeah. texted me tonight, but, um, uh, you know his other show that he has have the balls to talk about it, and then your show, I find that uh, I, I there's such a great place for it here for men to, um, and, and I'm going to say yes, it, it is you know primarily centered around men. Of course, yeah. A that's place a whole- th- that's it. A place to go and 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 learn and see that you're not the only one. Yeah, going man. through these yeah. situations, and, and you
1: know what the thing is, man. Whether we like it or not, I think we need this. And I don't know, I don't know how your wife is, and I don't know if people are listening, I don't know how their wives are, but and my wife isn't like that. I don't want to suggest that she is, but
0: okay, she <laughs> be does, be careful.
1: No, no, no. I'm very careful. <laughs> she, she does this just to have a laugh. She goes on these mom forums <laughs> on Facebook, you know, like what happened, mom or you know, South Shore moms, and there's these stupid fucking forums where they talk about ridiculous things. And she laughs and she tells me these things. Like, look at this look what she wrote, you know. And I'm like, these things exist. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you girls, man? Well, who yeah. does this? And she's like, it's crazy. Like, she goes online and they like, look, look, look at all this shit that's out there for moms. And I'm like, there's nothing for fucking dads. Poor, poor <laughs> dad, man. You know, poor, yeah. You know? So it, it's amazing. So we, um it's a nice little balance of fun, joking around and stuff, but also serious issues too, you know, like, uh, i don't know uh dealing with your kid uh being bullied in school for example yeah it's a good one
0: uh, yeah
1: and we're going to have a lot of interesting ones coming up now you know we're going to talk about uh, uh transphobia and uh uh gender uh gender dysphoria yeah yeah you know uh, so th- it's going to be interesting and uh so there's a lot of interesting topics and you know very often it feels that the dad's opinion doesn't really matter, <laughs> but it does. because <laughs> you know I mean? you're part of this shit too. Um,
0: you know what? There's well, yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about, right? And I just realized in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna have to have you on again because we're gonna have to pull under probably another another two hours. I don't mind. And, and also. I first came across you and by the way, just, just as dad's is available on Spotify, yeah. Apple,
1: yeah, all, all, all audio platforms. It goes up on Facebook and, uh, and uh, YouTube as well.
0: So. Okay, cool. And so, so- and I was also telling you is where I came across you was, uh, your, your, I don't know what you want to call it. Your guest, your weekly guest appearance on uh, the Pantellas show.
1: Yeah, yeah. These fucking guys, they dragged me in there. <laughs> By the way,
0: guys, just, just before, uh, if, if my listeners, uh, I just came across this pantellus um, uh, he, he's a local, uh, Quebec comedian. He is fantastic. He has a podcast with Mike Ward as well. Everyone knows Mike Ward. Uh, but he, his content is just fantastic on YouTube. If you have a chance, check it out. Really? Uh, and you could tell. Also, you know what? You could tell Pantelis. I sent them an invitation because I wanted him on my show.
1: Okay, I'll I'll tell
0: him. I'll you're I'll, gonna tell him. So, I'll tell and I love I love what you're doing there. Uh, first, of all,
1: first of all, yeah. Look, Pantelis is is a fucking brilliant mind. He, he really is. He's fucking. He's hilarious. He's one of the funniest guys I know. Uh, he's a fucking little Greek kid from Park <laughs> I mean, like, like I've known him for a long time, and the fact that he's managed to to get where he is, and to be collaborating with Mike Ward—I mean, it's huge. Like we're talking about off air. Like the kid's been on Joe Rogan. Joe yeah.
0: Rogan, man, my hero. He's been He's on like, Joe Rogan.
1: You know, like, I mean, which podcaster doesn't dream of being—you know—like being like Joe Rogan? Forget about being on his show, right? Yeah. Um, spectacular kid. Um, and you know, this is what we're saying off air. This guy, the the pandemic—I think it fucked everyone in the arts, right? I mean, yeah. Especially comedians, where they have no more schedule now. So he kind of. Took advantage of that to triple down, and uh, probably he hasn't answered you because I think every single day this kid's putting out content. Ah, oh, it's crazy. That's it's all crazy. he's doing. That's all he's doing. Uh, like every day. Like uh, he had, I think, two podcasts. He had the three, uh, three. Uh, he had the one with Mike Ward that he does. He has his mm-hmm. own Pantelis podcast, and then he had another one called Pantelis Live, where he would live stream like this on Sundays. Yeah. And since the pandemic, he did the morning show, which I'm on. Uh, yeah. It started as once a week, and then he did it twice a week. So he fucked me with that. Uh, and then he he created another podcast called the French. Uh, yeah, the the French Cast. The yeah. French Cast. He has another show with that uh, fucking, this doofus that he like I don't know Poseidon. It's a uh, yeah. He's he's a great kid, but he's kind of like that guy. Like you always he, he's always bothering him, and you know he he's a, he's a cool little character. So he created a podcast for that guy. It's called "In Bed with Poseidon." So it's just him saying random shit. I don't know, whatever. And know?
0: The, and then the intellectuals with Guido and Grasso. The
1: intellectuals. He, so like he doesn't end. He doesn't stop. Crazy. He, uh, they, uh, in the middle of this pandemic, he moved uh, with this other kid, uh, this other creator, uh, Phil. He's a he's a filmmaker. They, you know, they 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 picked up a studio and beautiful. They, yeah. It's a, it's an amazing studio. Like in the middle of a pandemic, right? Like they needed the space. They created a brand-new studio, and um, they actually have a space for any creators that want to Mm -hmm. to create podcasts. Everything is set up. You you just show up. You do your podcast. You take your USB, and you get the hell out of there. Everything is done.
0: You know know what's amazing is that here's a great example of someone turning an awful situation
1: into an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Into
0: an opportunity that probably is going to – he's probably going to become a podcaster, it's just a, a comedian turned podcaster, or you but know, I mean.
1: But that's the funny thing because we're saying this off air. This kid has been podcasting since 2009. That's like crazy. nobody knew what podcasting was. This guy was a big fan of what was happening in the U.S., and he tried to do it. it, it he he was he was doing this for like a good ten years before the whole thing with Mike Ward that's happened, crazy. and then everything exploded. Right, Um, so. So, yeah, he has a a space. So for anyone listening that wants to start podcasting, that doesn't know what to do or how to start, reach out to this kid. The studio is ready. You have nothing to do. And uh, it's really, really affordable. I'm not sure exactly what the prices are. But um, so, yeah, so I'm on that twice a week uh, in the morning, Wednesday mornings and uh, Friday mornings at 10. And uh, yeah, we do, we do the news, you know. It's something I I, I kind of slowly want to get
0: away from it, and this guy's dragging me back in. No, no, no. You you please stay. I love it. The banter between both of you is is just too funny. Uh, yeah, it's really well done. Honestly, George, I I I really appreciate you uh, your content. I love the way you speak. I love the way you think. I, um, um, my hat's off. Honestly, stay on it. I think you made the good decision I, here. I appreciate it. Honestly, uh, so so stay on it. So tell us where um, in general the best place to go for all our listeners to get your content
1: there's uh, there's uh, there's a website it's uh, thebackstagepod.com uh, or name.com. like there's so many but just <laughs> fuck my name forget it. you're going to misspell it so just <laughs> do the, the backstagepod.com uh, <laughs> and then just as dads.ca uh, everything is there we're on facebook we're on youtube we're on all social media platforms all audio platforms perfect uh, and uh, yeah, there's uh, the backstage is every two weeks, and the Just as Dads is every week. So, pretty much every week, there's content.
0: Awesome. Uh, and I will put that in the show notes after when we're done. And I just wanted to say something. Okay. Let's get something clear here. Okay. Sicily used to belong to Greece. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no longer.
1: I, 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 did, I used it as an example of me coming <laughs> on and saying, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, factually, it belongs to Italy the same way factually the French language in the language. No, I, just,
0: I just found it so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. apropos. You know, our ancestors, are probably somewhere down the line, I was Greek for yeah. sure, so who knows, <laughs> yeah, right? Constantine, of so Costanza, Constantinus, or who knows, yeah. right? I agree. I agree. So, uh, George, I want to thank you so much. This has been great. It's been enlightening. Uh, I love these conversations. Uh, I really appreciate the time you took. We, we almost did uh, an hour and a half. Flew was, by, man.
1: It was a pleasure, man. And uh, anytime, anytime.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, George, stay on. Maybe we have yeah. a quick chat right after. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it, guys. And I'll see you probably this Thursday with a massive announcement for my next guest. Thanks again, guys. Like I say every week, please be good to each other. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree Show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.